Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Nothing like lifting the Lord up. When you lift God up, it's like John said, if I be lifted up, God says this to us as John speaks, I must decrease and he must increase in our lives. When we lift him up, we begin to have him to increase and we begin to decrease. It's not about us. It's about him. And we give God praise. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this morning's worship. Thank you, dear God, that we want to lift you up. We recognize, oh God, that you are Lord God all by yourself. There is no other God, regardless of what people say. Thy word says you are God. You're the Lord God of heaven, and there is no other. So we bless you and we praise you in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Bless now our, the rest of this service. Bless now the preaching portion of this service. Bless now, O oh God, these thy people. Touch in Jesus' name. Those, O oh God, that are without Christ, we pray, Father, that you will move by your spirit, by your own will, and draw them to you. Those of us that know you, Father, help us to lift you up. To let others know that our God saves. His name is salvation. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And Father, we give you all the glory. And I bless this your servant. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say to these thy people. And bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you and give you glory. And the church of God said amen. 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 Praise his holy name. As you're standing with us, and uh, we want you to turn in your Bibles, or if you have your electronic device, you can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Our text is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. And as you're turning to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, if you're there, Say amen. amen. Perhaps others are still turning to get there. The reason I say this mostly from every time that the Lord allowed me to preach is that we have to be very careful about what folks say. You got to be aware of what God says. I'm not saying that I'm trying to trick anybody, but I'm not that kind of person. But I want you to know what the words say. Because when you know what the words say, then you don't have to have any other ideas about it but what God says. Are you with me so far? Then let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Paul writes here, he says, remind them, he's talking to Timothy. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. 
You may take your seats. From this topic I shall share with you is how to handle the truth of God. You can add, if you like, how to handle the truth of God's word. But it's all the same. How to handle the truth of God. Not everybody standing behind this sacred desk are telling the people that the truth of God. Some of you may say amen. Some of you may shake your head and, and say in, under your breath, you don't know what he's talking about. But I'm here to tell you that I know what I'm talking about. If I didn't know what I'm talking about, so many people wouldn't be lost. So many people wouldn't be leaving the church, leaving their faith. So many people wouldn't be going back to their default position of listening to the devil. But I'm here to tell you how to handle the truth of God. The Bible this is a Bible-based sermon series. I won't talk about Bible study, but I'm talking about the Bible, the Word of God. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, having sold around 5 billion copies to date. Not only that, the Bible is also the most translated book in human history. Lying on the coffee table of many of our homes and and also in our offices and on the desk in offices of these places is a copy of the scriptures. And they sit idle, untouched, and unread. Many of us have it in, on our electronic devices, untouched and unread. I'm of the belief that the Bible among Christians is the least read book of all time. If we're trying to follow God, how can we follow God by listening to world's philosophies? You see, you can read all the wonderful literary classics that there are in the world, and it's wonderful, but it won't change your life. But I dare you. I say when I was growing up, when I double-dog dare you to get into God's Word, it will change your life. I know because it changed me. Yeah, I used to be a devil. But God said, no, I got something for you. I got into this word and God began to work. He had to work on the inside out. It wasn't about me doing anything to me, but I had hair there. That's all right. I'm still hanging in there with the Lord. God will change us. God will bless us. You who are children of the living Savior today, we're missing out on the real blessings of God because we do not follow what God says. The Bible don't say do unto them before they do you. Or don't do, do unto them as they do you. Or don't do like I do, do like I say. That's not what it says. And when you begin to read it, you'll find out what it says. But not only that, it begins to get into your heart and change you. And as we prepare to examine the text this morning, the Apostle Paul languishes in a Roman jail cell, waiting to be put to death for his witness for Christ. And perhaps his last words to his young protege that was written to his young protege, Timothy, was words of encouragement. Timothy was pastoring over in Ephesus while Paul languished in a Roman jail. Mentoring his young protege to the end, Paul shares the words of our text to reassure Timothy as he ministered to the Ephesian Christians. These words are recorded here in this second letter to Timothy. 
But not only just to Timothy and New Testament and Old Testament folk, it's right now for people today. Because his word is directed to us. Sometimes we read the word of God as if it talks about somebody in antiquity. Somebody way back in the past. Wrong answer. He's talking to us right now on February 6, 2022. And you'll do good. We'll do good to listen and to do what he says. So we go back to the text again and we'll see what God has to say. But first, how to handle the truth of God. Let's look at verse 14 again. Remind them, he's saying, Timothy, remind them of these things. We're going to talk about the things. Charging or warning them. My friends, when I stand and when the ministers of God stand in many cases, it's about a warning to stay with what God would have us to do. He warns them before the Lord to strive, to, to not strive, to, to, to not struggle about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. People today who know Christ, people today may be young in the Lord, and they're talking to someone that may seem to be seasoned in the Lord, telling them a bunch of nonsense, and therefore it confuses them, and after a while you wonder where they are, where they left the church. They don't have to run into you. Yeah, y'all can say amen if you want as Timothy leaves the church at Ephesus, he, has, he's, as instructed by Paul, was to continually, continually remind the people. I know sometimes he's, well, why wouldn't my pastor keep doing this over and over? Because God told me to do it. You got a problem? Talk to him. Tell God, I don't want the pastor talking to us no more about that. I had a brother leave the church because he said to me in my face, I don't like you talking about servants. Well, what else I going to be talking about? I don't like you talking about giving. But what do you want me to do? God told me to go. I don't like doing it either. But he told me I need to do this. And if I want the blessing of God, I'm going to do this. Whether y'all like it or not. But you know what the real deal is? When I'm talking about serving God, when I'm talking about using your gift for the Lord, and you want to sit on your do-nothing and do-nothing, you get upset. Why? Because the spirit of the living God is convincing and convicting you of your sin of not serving or not giving or whatever I'm talking about. Now you want to be on, beat up on me. Beat all you want to. I got Jesus in my back. I got Jesus in my hip. My sister Keisha was singing, all of my help, my help, that the Bible says comes from God. You may talk about me if you want to, but God is on my side. You and God is in the minority when you want to talk about his ministers. Y'all keep that, keep that in mind. You can write that down in your Bible if you want to. And this example that Paul was talking about, about this struggling and arguing about words to no profit. You ever get around people that are already talking about stuff? They first, they kind of get you. They kind of do like fishing. You know, you throw the, the line out there and you hope you get a bite. And as soon as you do, here they come. Child, have you heard? But, you know, I heard this, and, you know, they were telling me about this, that, and the other thing. I don't want to hear that. God didn't make us no garbage disposal. We need to tell them, now, y'all got to be loving now. Come on. Get your head out your pocket. Come on. We got to be loving. Says, no, I don't want to talk about that. Don't tell me about what the, somebody said over here in East Asia. Don't tell me about what some other religions say. Tell me what the Bible of God says. 
tell me how to deal with what God said about his truth. God has all the truth in his word, and his word is truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. If we're not dealing with Jesus, then we're not dealing in truth. And so as it's written, as Paul was talking to them, he says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 and 24, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. I, I remember folk telling me how churches split because of the color of the carpet. As long as we got a flow, I don't care. Church is because they don't like the color of the wall. Well, if you don't like it, go down to Home Depot, get the color you like, and get some people to come over, and y'all come over to the church and start painting the wall. And then the rest of y'all be mad because they painted that color. Would you complain if you didn't have no church at all? I'm up talking about truth. Shane with my brother last night, and we were talking about the you know, what's going to talk about today, and I wanted to label this because God gave it to me, and I wanted to have a different title. You, you remember, uh, probably when I said you remember uh, the two people that had this conversation in a movie. You can't handle the truth. Many of us Christians can't handle the truth, and the sinners so can't handle the truth. You know why people leave the church? One reason to do they, they blame the preacher of preaching the word and that you are, you, you're not being open. I'm as open as I can be. I'm not myopic. I'm just telling you what it says. Do y'all get mad when the, when the postman bring you that visa bill? How about the bill for Macy's? You know the last time you put all those things on your account. Do you get mad with them, him because he brought you the bill? He's just bringing you the mail. Well, I'm the pastor. I'm just bringing you the mail. You either pay it or be in default. Taking this further, I have preached and taught about truth of God's word almost 29 years in the pastorate and about the importance of Bible study. Y'all not listening. Worship, y'all not listening. Fellowship, you still ain't listening. Therefore, as the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, I'm reminding you of what you already know. Timothy already knew what he was talking to the Ephesians about. They already knew that. But Paul says, remind them. If we remind them, then we do this. Listen, all the parents in here, they got kids more than two years old. How often do you remind them to pick up your clothes? And those that big enough to wash dishes, how many times you got to tell them to re- and remind them to wash the plates and the pads? And also to sweep the floor when you get through and let the water out of the thing. Come on, now. This ain't, this ain't, no, this ain't rocket science. How often have to tell your children, why are you walking up to in the, in the street looking like that? Some of this stuff that got these kids, these kids wear today, I wouldn't wear it out to go play. But your parents, we just let you, come on, parents. We got our young brother with the pants hanging around our butt. And they, they, they can't walk straight. And y'all happy with it. I understand fashions and all of that kind of stuff, but some stuff going to go, oh, nobody. 
My youngest son was going to walk out the door one day and with no, his pants like all down and he had no belt on. I said, hey, bro, do you have a belt? He said, yeah, Dad, I got it. I said, where is it at? He said, upstairs. Well, you go back upstairs and put it on. And don't you ever walk out here with your pants falling off of you. He ain't like what I said, but I'm the daddy. You may not like what God says, but he's the father. So in 15, he says, be diligent. Paul is sharing with Timothy. And he's saying, Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Verse 15 is not only for those who preach God's word, but also for those who teach God's word. And anyone who handles the word of God must be diligent, must be zealous, must be to be able to do this, to do your very best in meeting God's approval in handling the word or the truth of God. Too many are not doing it when we have open ears to people with their worldly foolish philosophies. They were talking about, well, you ain't got to do all of that. We become basically illiterate Christians. It's not because you are illiterate verbally, verbally, you are illiterate as a Christian. You don't even know anything about the Word of God. All you're living on is bits and pieces that you learned in the third grade or someplace. But when it comes to being mature in God, when it comes to being a mature Christian, we're always working toward it. We may not be totally there, but we all be working toward it. And it's not just the preachers or those that are serving God. It's all of us that need to get more into God's Word, more into handling the truth of God, more to be approved by God that I'm saying and doing the right things for God, regardless of what some folk feel. People don't like what you say when you're trying to do right. Those that an alternative lifestyle will tell me that I'm, I'm a hater. I have hate speech and all that kind of nonsense. I don't hate you. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. You can't handle the truth. And it irritates them. So they got to have somebody to blame. They can't blame God. They won't blame him. You can blame me if you want to. But I'm telling you the truth. Jesus tells us the truth. And we ought to take the truth. Some of us remind me of, of, of Pontius Pilate on the eve of my Savior's crucifixion. And he got him in there and he says, you, and he was talking about it. He, says, and he said, what is truth talking to Jesus? Oh, I wish that Jesus would have said, you can't handle the truth, Pilate. But he didn't say that. So Pilate asked him, what is truth? Now he's really confused. Some people today are so confused. That's why we have less attendance. It ain't because of COVID. Don't lie on COVID. Some people online today, I'm talking to you too. Some, I know some of you already said, well, I'm not coming because of COVID. Well, all these in here. We're first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday, fourth Sunday. We got plenty of chairs. We even set it up that they came to me. My staff came to me and said, let's capacity, this is what we're going to do. They were looking forward. Then they were reading my mail. Said, what are we going to do? We're going to eliminate that, that, chair, that, that bunch of seats in the middle. And then the next week, everybody's going to be feel like that. We're going to take all the money so we can get more people. Somebody must have said, no, don't do that because we're going to have um, Omicron. Listen, let me tell you something. As long as you got your mask on, as long as you get your distance between the folks, unless that's your family, as long as you go wash your hands, we're all right. Now they come out and say, listen, you got to have a KN95. I don't care if you put a KN95 or cloth on. Put something on your face. 
And don't be all up in folks' face talking. Watching the football game, all of my football fans said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. At, at the game, NFL, 90,000, 100,000 folk in the fans. They hollering and screaming, spitting and carrying on, and ain't nobody got a mask. And then they want to blame everybody else why they got sick. Somebody need to pay attention. They surely can't handle the truth. The Bible declares about this worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm here to tell you, my friends, that we mishandle God's word. I don't care if it's a preacher, pastor, member, whoever. If you mishandle God's word and run folk away from God, the Lord will deal with you. He said it in his word. To rightly divide the word of truth literally means to cut straight. Some suggest the term to cut straight applies to plowing, which it might be. Doing masonry work, you got to have the lines right. Or road construction, you got to have it there too. Some are not so sure as to what the phrase really means. However, what it is clear is that the shame of God's disapproval. Listen, I don't want to be dis- God to disapprove of me doing, not doing what I should be doing. I-, I want him to say that those famous words that we hear and we talk about it when you leave, church, leave, the, leave, the, leave the earth. Well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to wait till I get there. I want him to do it now. Well done, good and fair. I don't care what the mother folks said. Well done, preacher. Well done, pastor. Well done, member. When we handle God's truth, my friend, but many today, regardless of their status, exploit, misuse, manipulate the truth of God's word. Well, it don't take all that to get to heaven. Yes, it do. And then some. Well, you ain't got to go to church every Sunday. Listen, you know something? Let me give you a tip. If you love the Lord... Come on now. Don't presuppose what you think I'm thinking. If you love Jesus like Jesus loved you, they can't keep you out of church. If you love the Lord, let me tell you something, my friends. I got, I got to tell you. You know, I just feel like I, I, got, I can't wait to get to church. Can we have church every day? I feel like, oh, I'm just, oh man, I'm talking to my XP, my XP, looking, man, I, what are we going to do? Pastor, you got to go to church. I'll be there, I'll be there. But oh, when I get to church, my old knees be creaking. I done took my Tylenol and everything. But when I get to the house of the Lord, somebody talk to me. When I get to the house of the Lord, I got this, I'm, I'm a, I got this thing in my back. Oh, are you with me, Brother Lance? I know I feel bad. But oh, when I come to the house of the Lord. Oh, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I get up in the past, and the XP said, man, look here. Your knee bother you? I said, yeah, it bothers me bad. And Duke is on this one too. But I said, if I can get to the house of the Lord, I know I'll be all right. When I get to the house of the Lord and begin to praise God, I know I'll be all right. When I get to the house of the Lord and begin to serve him, I know it's going to be all right. I'm going to let you know that ain't nobody can do me like Jesus. Can't nobody move me like Jesus. When I get to the house of the Lord, be around the people of God, it's all right with me. Everything is all right. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. 
The Bible says we will come into his courts with thanksgiving. We will come into his presence with praise. I want to praise him in the morning. Praise him at dinner time. Praise him at supper time. I just want to praise him. I want to thank him and give him glory. No matter. No matter what I'm going through. I got God on my side. He promised me I'd never leave me, nor forsake me. Some of us, I don't know if you saved or not. I'm not saying you can't show your disappointment in being sick. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you got Jesus, <laughs> that you really believe that he's God all by himself. I believe that you have a different outlook for a different uplook for what God is about to do in you. Somebody ought to hear me this morning. Dear friends, you got to know how to handle the word of truth. Sometimes as you read your word, you want to close the Bible because it seems to be speaking about you. Can anybody say amen to that one? I mean, as if you close the Bible and that's going to be it. God will have it on your mind and on your heart. But also know that when you read the Word of God and God begin to move in your heart and in your life, you forget about all the disappointments and all your focus is on God all by himself. And you just can't help yourself. Even if you're alone in your house or apartment, you begin to clap your hands, begin to dance, and begin to be verbal. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You didn't have to wake me up this morning, but I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me. Somebody ought to say, yeah. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Lord. You see, we get so wrapped up in us so wrapped up in our thing that you forget about who God really is. When you're going through, God is going through with you. He's with us. You may think that you're all alone, but you're not. You're not all alone. The Lord is with us. We're going through some stuff, aren't we? Individually right now, Sitting in here online, we're all going through. It reminds me of the 23rd song. We're going through. We're not building in an apartment. We're going through. We're not going to be just stuck here. We're going through. My friends, we got to learn how to handle the word of truth. And not only that, Paul talks about they want the word to say. When people are sharing what they think they know, they don't want to say what the word says. They, they want the word to say what they want it to say. In other words, taking scripture out of context and all you're going to have is a pretext. That's not what God would have. If you don't know, then stop talking. And as you stop talking, start talking to God. Lord, how, how do I share this? See, not what it says. We don't want to do that. They just want the word to say what they want it to say and not what it actually says. Because of that negligence, many have lost faith in Christ. One thing that 
personally irritates me. I know that I'm supposed to be all this and pristine in your eye. Uh-uh. Let me tell you the truth. When people run people away from this church, I get a serious attitude. I get upset. Some people walk around as though they got the right answer. Regardless, I'm not saying they're not having the right answer, but the way things are going, they don't have the right answer. Then when are you going to lay it on to the pastor? Lay it on to the XP? Lay it on to the ministers of the, of the gospel in this place? And say, this brother or sister has an issue. Could you talk with them? Instead of you running off your mouth. Oh, somebody ought to say, man, don't like it, that's just too bad. Oftentimes, we think we know what we're talking about. We don't have a clue when it comes to God's Word. Well, that's more than one interpretation of the Word. No, it's not. There's only one interpretation and many applications of the Word of God. It ain't my interpretation or yours. It's what God says. They want the Word to say what it wants to say. Because of that negligence, many have lost faith and walked away from life and the church. You may ask, why is that important? Why is truth is important? Truth defines the nature of Scripture. Truth is a beacon of light in the darkness of all kinds of falsehoods. The Word of God says plainly from Psalm 119.105, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. In essence, as the Word is a lamp to our feet, our way is lit and it keeps us from stumbling. And as the word is a light to our path, I'm able to stay on the road of righteousness. Therefore, teachers and preachers and others must take every effort to handle accurately the word of truth or the truth of God's word. Failure to do so would lead to, to divine judgment. Listen, my friends, to what I'm saying. God holds us all accountable if we misuse the word of God, if we negligently use God's word for our own benefit, make it say stuff that it don't say. So listen to James, what he says about it. In James chapter 3, verse 1, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Sometimes we get filled with ourselves. You may say you're full of yourself. Same difference. If you're not full of the Spirit of God, you're full of something that you don't need to be filled with. Verses 16 through 18 not only conclude Paul's counseling to his son Timothy, but counseling to us as well. Pay attention to what God is saying through the age apostle to Timothy. Again, he says in verse 16, and he says the same thing in a different way. But shun profane and idle babblings. Folk come to church and they want to talk about everything but Jesus. And he says, for they will increase to more ungodliness. My friend, we ought to watch the way we talk and what we talk about. And if you're not careful, we really get into ourselves and begin to talk about things that ought not to be done. And it runs people away, and people don't want to hear it. Some of us think that we got all of this, and we all that, and two bags of chips. You, not, you don't know who you are. And that message in verse 17 says, will spread like cancer. And then Paul mentions two men uh, in this whole situation that are like this. As he says, Hymenus and Philetus are of this salt. They were the ones that are spreading that juicy gossip. 
And he says in 18, who have strayed concerning the truth. These two fellows and many others have strayed concerning the truth of God. Saying that the resurrection, and this is what they issue, that the resurrection is already passed and they overthrew the faith of son. At that time, they were actually wrong. Within our unchristian culture, friends, we are inundated with godless chatter about one thing and then another. Many are drowning at the altar of wickedness. Their faith has been shipwrecked and many people have been led astray. Can you imagine if you're one of those people that led folk astray, what your situation is going to be like when you stand before God in the judgment? I don't even want to think about it. I'm praying that I, I, I keep it right and handle the truth of God the way he wants me to do it. That's what I want to do. But some of us are stubborn and we think that we all this. You see, these are drowning at the altar of wickedness. Their faith has been shipwrecked. And then they shipwreck other folks' faith. The Apostle Paul addresses Timothy and us concerning this in 1 Timothy 6, verse 20 and 21. So Timothy says to Timothy again, guard what has been entrusted, that is the truth of God's word. Us who are ministers, us who are people that share God's word, whether teaching or preaching, listen to me. Guard what has been entrusted, that's God's word, to your care. If you are to teach, then teach like God would have you to teach. Teach according to his rule. God has blessed us with Dr. Blocker who has got a class together to help the teachers to teach the word of God, to be right with the word of God. Many of y'all didn't sign up. Shame on you. And you won't find your name on the list either because it's not going to happen. Turn away from godless chatter and opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge. Let me tell you what knowledge means. This old Greek word of gnosis is the heresy that taught that salvation came through knowledge of spiritual mysteries. We got enough mysteries around us right now. Omicron, COVID-19, still don't know what's happening with that. Stick with God's word. Verse 21, which come, which some have professed, and in so doing have wandered from the faith. Friends, I have shared with you the, in, 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 in this day, the belief in Christ, how to handle the truth of God's word. Remember, refuse to engage in godless chatter, or better yet, y'all know it as gossip. And the opposing ideas of Scripture, which leads to more ungodliness. Now, to you who do not know Christ, I even had someone tell me one time, why you always preach the gospel? What do you want me to teach and preach? You just teach salvation. Well, if we don't get folks saved, all of us are going to be in hell. I'm not. That didn't touch y'all, did it? Mm-hmm. We don't like to hear when it's blunt. We want the pastor to say all the sweet and nice things. This is sweet and nice. I dare you to start reading the Gospels and listen to Jesus. As a matter of fact, in my devotion this morning, I was reading this portion, I think it's in Matthew 23, verse 23 to the end of that particular chapter. And Jesus was on a roll. Oh, he was on it. 
I said, boy, if I did this at church, they'd, they'd excommunicate me. But Jesus told him how it was. In my language today, that's, he told him how to, how to cow his cabbage. This is it. I'm just trying to help you. But to those of you that don't know the Lord, <clears throat> his word says to you, to those of you that don't know Jesus, because even in that kind of situation, I was there once before. I, I got to wait. I got to pause for a moment. I, I was an unsaved person before. You know, look at me. Well, Pastor, I've always been saved. My wife wished I had been saved. Amen. But I wasn't. And then I began to go and listen, and, and I was going on the protest. God didn't care about my protest. But I'm so glad that I went, and then God began to speak to me. I've heard this say, said many times uh, through some of our brothers today. They said, it looks like you were just talking to me. I had no idea I was talking to them, but God was talking to them. God was talking to me through the preacher, and I had to give up. One day, I, I had to give up. It wasn't because my inner fight, I, I could do it. No, no, no. It had nothing to do with that. It was a spiritual battle. And I had to give it up. Dear friends, my heart would rejoice if many of you get up today because God has gotten you up. Because you cannot fight any longer. He says in 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but it's long-suffering. That's patience. Think of how patient God has been, is, and continues to be with you. Think about all the time you say, Lord, forgive me, but you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And God keeps on forgiving, long-suffering. He's patient, not willing. This is key. People want to know what the will of God is. Our sisters and our brothers, we have the experience in God on Monday, uh, alternate Sunday, uh, Monday nights. And, and we, we discussed in the first one or two lessons about the will of God. But this is one laid out in Scripture for us. The will of God is not that he wants any person to die and go to a Christless eternity. Hold on, let me read it to you. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How many folks just fight against that? I was one. I was fighting tooth and nail. I thought I was Mike Tyson. I was just fighting, beating the air. No, it didn't work. I'm so glad that I, that I lost, but then I won. In short, friends, God is patient, and according to his will, he does not want any person to die and go to a crisis eternity, but rather he desires all to come. And repent. All to come and turn away from their sins and believe on him, the Lord Jesus, and accept him as Savior. And the truth of his word is, because of God saying it, you shall be saved. It's that simple. So come and trust Christ as your Savior today. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.